Oh, I go first. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, here we go. How now, Bronco? How now, Bronco? Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Birch. <laughs> oh my gosh! Unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Here we go again. Uh-huh. I, I told you, I'm not accepting your proposal. I understand. I just, <laughs> I really want us to be together. <laughs> With you, the sun is shining 24-7. Cause when we're together... Feels like we're in heaven If it will get dark You'll be my million stars I know I can lean on you Welcome to episode 18 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We are your host, Kara Birch. And Bria Brown. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm delightful. How are you? I'm also delightful. Man, I'm so delightful. I'm just a delight. Constantly. I could light up a room. I'm so delightful. You're lighting it up right now. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. I know you're not. I'm, I'm, I typically am, but I'm actually okay. I had a good week. I'm glad to hear it. Decent week. I only wanted to throw my mouse at a few people, but other than that, it was a pretty good week. Pretty good week. A really good thing happened, but I can't talk about it on mic yet because it ain't official. Oh, oh. But when it is... I know what she's talking about. I can't wait to say it. It's really cool. It is very, very, very good news. But it, I also get tired when I think about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I am. That's just how I roll. It's all right. I had a good morning. Yeah. I got a free drink at Taco Bell. Taco Bell, please sponsor us. Sponsor us. Yeah. Just because it was very nice and unexpected. What else? Oh, this it's Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day, everyone. Yes, to all of you out there. There's the plant lady. Plant lady's here. Plant lady, hi, plant lady. And you know who else is here? Who? Your drug dealer guy. I saw him. He's parked in an actual parking spot today. Yes, yes he is. And I tried to see if he was sitting in his car, but I couldn't tell. And there's a car next to his. I, I think I, he legitimately works there i think he would have to but he's sketchy about it yeah it's really weird yeah he is sketchy about it anyway so let's pretend we know how christmas went it was wonderful it was fabulous i got the best stuff i me too and nothing went wrong and the chiefs won (laughs) (laughs) and doodly 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 do yes the horn the clarinet, the clarinet. I've had that song in my head all effing week. Yep, Thank me you. too. You are so welcome. Thank you, Kara mm-hmm. Birch. Yep, yep. So, hey, I have a joke for you. Oh, I'm ready for it. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Yoda lady. Yoda lady who? Kara. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that book out from the uh, elementary school library? No, I saw this on Instagram. Sorry. I had to. I'm sorry. Yoda lady. That's like the oldest one in the book. She's looking at me like, you are such a moron. It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, shoot. I was crying. I was laughing so hard when I saw it on Instagram. Have you never heard that one? No. 
Oh my. No, I haven't. See, I have children who, they all went through a phase where they would get knock-knock joke library books. Yes. From the school library. Hey, 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 hey. So we've heard all the dad (laughs) knock-knock jokes. See, I don't have kids, so I didn't go through that. I guess not, but you you never heard that one when you were a kid? No. No, I ha- if I did, I mean, come on, we know my memory. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, if I did it, I didn't remember, oh, but, yeah. oh, boy. I well, way ya. to go. You got me. You so good. You got me. Um, I have an update about my boobs. Oh. Everybody heard I got them smashed last week. Oh, yes, you did. All good. Okay, my, great. I got some healthy boobs. Excellente. Everybody else, get your mammograms. Yeah. Mammograms, they're important. We got some email this week. Oh. <sighs> It's so exciting. It is exciting. From Dory. Hey, Dory. We used to work with Dory at the TV station. Mm -hmm. Sweet face. Oh, my goodness. I miss her. Me too. Um, I miss a lot of people there, but I don't miss that job. Um, Well, sometimes I miss that job. I don't ever. Okay. Um, Dory emailed us, and she said, well, she had lots of questions, but they were all good questions. Yes, they were. We are going to address a couple of the things Today on the podcast. Mm-hmm. One here, one in shout outs. Yes. Okay. So Dolly Parton halftime show. Dolly Parton halftime show. She pointed out something that neither one of us caught, and it was something had gone wrong with how the performance was supposed to be. Yes, something malfunctioned. Dory sent us a link to a video of someone pointing out all the things that seemed odd. Yes. And one of the things was that if you'll notice from up above, there was a hole in the middle of the star, which Dolly was not standing on. She was below the star or the main stage, if you will. The person in this video, and Doria agrees, thinks that they Dolly was supposed to rise up uh-huh. out of the middle of this star rather than being walked onto the field. Correct. The elevator yeah. must not have been rising. Yeah. And I guess in the video, the guy said that there was also um, something for her to hold on to. Yeah. Um, like a bar or something like right. that that would have given her more stability. Correct. And so that's why she kept pace- pacing back and forth and then turning around and holding on to the giant star. She was trying to see her fans from all sides. Right. But she couldn't because she was down in front of the giant star. Instead of, right. On top, yes. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. And the woman was wearing super high heels. Correct. I mean, and, and that stage looked like it was probably so slippery. Oh, and so narrow. Yeah. I looked up her age. This woman is 77. And those heels. Oh, my gosh. Her feet must be a train wreck. I, <laughs> I just had to say that just for you, Kara. I just had to make you imagine Dolly Parton's heels. And I totally did. I imagined her feet like all smushed into these shoes. She's got bunions. Stop. What's wrong? Oh, my. I don't think so. I think she has Barbie doll feet. Nope. They're just permanently like this. Nope, because nobody does. (laughs) So anybody who wears shoes like that on the regular, their feet are jacked. When you're 77 and you've been wearing heels your whole life performing... I don't know how she does it. Your feet going to be jacked. That's what I tell myself because I didn't even look as good as she looked in that in that outfit. I didn't look that great even when I was in high school. You had an outfit like that in high school? <laughs> yes, I did. And I wore it all the time. That's awesome. And I didn't look that good. 
I don't believe you. I'm serious. So I'm jealous. So I have to tell myself that her feet are just, uh, her feet are a hot mess. That's how I. (laughs) (laughs) Their their shoes are just full of blood. But anyway, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Dory, for pointing out that because that was very interesting. And yeah, what a nightmare to be in front of an audience that large. Well, and Dolly is the consummate professional. Right. And she practices. Oh, that was the other thing. Oh, yeah. She had built like a replica in Nashville yes. so that she could practice. And had practiced for like five days ahead of time. Oh, my gosh. I bet Dolly Parton was mad. I bet she was pissed and she might have said, oh, golly, gee, this is not the way this is supposed to go. Okay, so um, I also wanted to talk about one more thing before we move on. Okay, let's hear it. Um, did you see that Beige Flag was nominated for Word of the Year <laughs> by the Oxford English Dictionary? No. <laughs> no, but I love it. Well, it's annoying to me because it's oh. not a, it's not a word. So is it hashtag Beige Flag nope. or Beige Flag? Is it one word? Um, no, it's not. Okay. That's why it's annoying. I see, I see. And some of the other nominees were not one word either. Oh, interesting. So I wish they'd rename that distinction. The word that won was Riz. Okay. Short for charisma. Like, he's got Riz. Oh, come on. I rolled my eyes so hard just now I heard them. I know. You rolled them harder than I did at Yoda Lady He Who. <laughs> so other contenders were beige flag, which they said was a character trait that indicates that a partner or a potential partner is boring or lacks originality. Woo. Yeah, which is a little bit different from the definition that we discussed. Yes, it is. Okay, de-influencing, which is a noun that means the practice of discouraging consumers from buying specific products or, in, or encouraging them to reduce their consumption of material goods. Hmm. Okay. Heat dome, a noun that is a persistent high-pressure weather system over a particular uh. geographic area which traps a mass of hot air below it. I was going to say, I created a heat dome last night in bed. <laughs> Had Mexican for dinner? <laughs> I was so cold when I went to bed, I put on all the things, and then I put a dog on the bed, too. Oh. And I woke up around four in the morning and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. That's any time Peyton cuddles with me in bed. It's a heat dome. (laughs) Parasocial adjective designating a relationship characterized by the one-sided relationship between a fan and a celebrity in which the fan feels like they know the celebrity as a friend. So use that in a sentence. So like... You and I and Laura and Sonia have a parasocial relationship with Colin Firth. Okay. (laughs) We feel like we know him. Bria, we do know him. Shout out. Hey, Colin, what's up, buddy? 20 years we've been watching your your movies, some good, some really not good. Bacon explosion. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Mean streets. (laughs) That's a a word I'd not heard. And that's a one word, parasocial is just one word? Parasocial okay. is one word. Heat dome, two words. Okay. De-influencing, it's one word, but it's hyphenated. Okay. Um, and of course, Riz one. And there were other words, but those were 
Now, does the winning word go into the Oxford English Dictionary? Or is that just a little fun thing that they it's do? Just, I think it's just a little fun thing like, hey, this is... They just follow trends. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And it, it probably goes into the dictionary too. That's what I just asked you. Right. But I mean, in addition to... I think all these words are in the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like a... I'm incredulous. What, what word can, should we put in the dictionary? This is a what words like really summarizes 2023 or really embodies 2023. But they're already in the dictionary? Yeah. Okay. Anything can be in the dictionary nowadays, Kara. Apparently pe- so. If people use it, it's in there. If I look up, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Yeah, you can. If you look up Riz, it'll be there. Good vibes only. That's right. <laughs> so we're not here to riff about our lexo- lexicographical pet peeves. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's a hard word. That's right, BB. <laughs> what are we here for? We're here to share our in- internet search histories with the world. Yes, we are. And we're going to do that with the reading of the lists. All right. It's even Steven week, so I'm going to go first. Yes, ma'am. Number one. What is Clam's Casino? Number two, cashew chicken, official dish of the state of Missouri. Number three, Fort Jefferson in Dry Tortugas National Park. Number four, can camels smell water? Number five, Kansas City, City of Fountains. Okay. That's my list. Okay. Here's my list for this week. Okay. Celebrity Deaths 2023. Oh, snap. Agnes Varda, arrondissement, we oui, oui, huh, huh. right? <laughs> Narrator of World War II from the front lines, MFM YouTube videos. Okay, sorry, I'm mulling over those. Kara's rebooting. Yes, I am. I went into a few states. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna play a little game that we like to call. Search me. This is where we each pose one question to each other and see if she can answer based only on the reading of the lists. Mm-hmm. And there are amazing prizes involved. What am I playing for today? All right. You are playing for this fancy and unopened <gasps> jar of blueberry jam from Maine. Dang. It's that time of year when you get a bunch of weird food gifts. Because these people don't know you very well. Well, let me tell you, blueberry jam is one of my favorites. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm not kidding. I didn't know that about you. I freaking love it. Bria likes the bloobs. Yes, but they're expensive. Blueberry jam is expensive. Okay, well, this, it is not opened. I know, I see that. The the top has not been popped. Mm -mm, No, no. Which of my searches resulted from a Saturday Night Live YouTube rabbit hole? This one's a little bit vague. So I'll give you a couple guesses. Can camels smell water? That's incorrect. Oh, poop. What is Clams Casino? That is correct. Okay. I was watching Saturday Night Live Christmas skits. Oh, yes. As one does at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube, of course, said, well, if you like that one, you'll like this one. And yeah, I yeah. You know, went down the rabbit hole and I ended up with the one called 1920s party or something like that Kristen Wiig John Hamm oh, and geez. she kept saying you don't make me sing 
don't make me sing. <laughs> oh, yes. And they were all like, we're not making you sing. <laughs> and she couldn't say it was. Oh, my gosh. It's a classic. And it's one of my favorites. But at the very beginning of the skit, Kristen Wiig's character says, welcome to my party, everyone. Enjoy the Clams Casino. And I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. So it's a dish. It's a dish. The first fact about Clams Casino is that it's gross. Correct. The dish consists of little neck clams on the half shell. Turtle power. (laughs) With a mixture of peppers, bacon, breadcrumbs, and butter. And then they're broiled until each stuffed shell browns on the top. Uh, clams just look like boogers to begin with or phlegm i just can't hack it yeah i can't hack it i don't like the taste of them but anyway the beginnings of this dish aren't super clear but julius keller claimed to have invented it while he was an employee at the rhode island (laughs) i don't think i can pronounce this Never Narragansett. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How'd you know that? Because we have an office in Rhode oh. Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I've done ports and harbors reports and things like that. Narragansett. Mm-hmm. The okay. He was an employee at the Rhode Island Narragansett Pier Casino, which actually was not a casino. It was an upscale resort. There was no gambling going on there. Why was it called a casino? I don't know. I don't care. A senior food critic at Eater.com, Robert Seitzma, says that Clams Casino is a derivative of Italian stuffed clams, which have a filling of breadcrumbs, garlic, and sometimes oregano. Mm. So he says that Clams Casino are mainly about the bacon, as all foods should be. That's about the only thing that kind of saves that dish. I have a picture of this that I wanted to oh. show you. <laughs> and I'll post this on our um, accounts. Why you got to ruin my day with the uh, knock-knock I mean, knock joke? It's, well, it's just fate. what I oh. It's what I do. It's what I do. This picture of this disgusting Lamb's dish. Lamb's Casino, look at the nasty bacon on the top. I mean, it doesn't look great. No. There are so many other things in the world that I would eat ahead yeah. of this. Sources argue... About the year Clams Casino debuted, some sources say 1917. Some sources say 1897. Some sources say, who the F cares? Regardless, it is still a very popular dish (laughs) in New England and along the eastern seaboard to this day. Of course. My sources were YouTube, Saturday Night Live channel, (laughs) (laughs) and Eater.com. Oh, (laughs) Eater.com. Oh, so... I get my blueberry you jam. You get this blueberry jam. It's all yours. From you Maine. That. It's from Where Maine. they probably eat a lot of clams casino. Entirely possible. Excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Happy holidays. Thanks. You, yes. my love, are playing for some stickers that you may or may not have given me. I love stickers. Or I'm may have had these up for a prize for you once and then na- never gave you a second chance because <laughs> I'm a bitch like that. <laughs> anyway. What do we got here? Oh, my gosh, yes. They're the flamingo stickers. Yes. Um, Because you love flamingos because you're a swinger. I totally gave these to you. 
Did you? Yeah, I did. It was a prize. I gave these were given to you as a prize. Oh, well, see, you're the one who likes flamingos. <laughs> but I didn't like these stickers. Oh, shit. But I love them now. You will love that them. That I'm looking at them again. I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to see these stickers again sometime. Your question is, which search gave me an incredible craving to get a real passport and do some international traveling, specifically to France? Oh, we're going to talk about France again. Agnes Varda? No. Oh, no. But you're super close. Because she is, well, you'll find out. She has a connection to France. Um, do I get to guess again? Of course. MFM YouTube videos? Girl. Oh, Which one did narrator I... narrator of World War II? <laughs> <laughs> Which one did I say wee wee ha ha after I said it in my list? My brother. <laughs> I thought this was such a softball. <laughs> Remember a Kara's little while back so when tired. I said my brain is shot? Kara's so tired. I'm so overwhelmed and tired. Okay. Arrondissement. Yeah. Arrondissement. 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 I cannot believe that I missed that. Well, you get the stickers anyway. Thank you, my pity stickers. Yeah, that is definitely a pity, I'm a just, pity prize. I'm just going to apologize to everyone ahead of time. The next few months are going to be rough, <laughs> rough. It'll make for good comedy. <laughs> that's how. That's and then you just kept shouting my... things before I could <laughs> give you. Stop. So that you literally really, guessed everything but the right thing. Really worked up about trivia. Okay. okay. So tell me all about this. Okay. An arrondissement is an administrative district of certain large French cities, in particular Paris. Its origin is obviously French from the word arrondir, which means make round. Oh. Which is interesting. The current division of 20 arrondissements in Paris took place during the time of the reconstruction in the mid 19th century. 1860 to be precise when new territory was brought within the city borders the most famous i mean debatably who knows why this is the most famous but is the first arrondissement where the center of the old city of paris is located it includes historic places such as the louvre mm. and the place de la concorde mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the pantheon is in the fifth arrondissement the eiffel tower is in the seventh okay and that district boasts residents of the highest average income in the city so we oui, oui, oh, oh. the richest uh and the moulin rouge is in the 18th arrondissement oh. i just knew you would want to know where the moulin rouge was Heck yeah, I do. yeah uh, my sources were Oxford Languages, Merriam-Webster, 56Paris.com, TravelLetters.net, TripAdvisor, HotelMini.com, uh, <laughs> sorry, ParisRental.com. Wow. Lots of sources. So you've got the travel bug. Um, Yeah. My sister Heather and I, we talked about going to Paris all the time. We both took French. In high school, because we didn't want to have any second language that was actually useful (laughs) in this country. 
Good job. And um, anyway, she like took it in college and she went really far with it. But we were like, oh, we need to go to Paris. We need to go to Paris. And then I got older and I forgot all my French. And then I was like, oh, I kind of don't want to go there anymore because I don't know how to speak the language anymore. And then England's always kind of been my jam anyway. Mm-hmm. I was like, they speak English there. Yes, they do. Sometimes a form I don't understand. <laughs> I'm still reading All the Light We Cannot See. And it takes place in France, mostly. France and Germany. Mm-hmm. And so I've been looking up a lot of French phrases and things french words that they have in here that i don't know what they mean um and i'm too stupid to figure out what they mean by context (laughs) don't harsh on yourself you're Uh, learning anyway learning um that author has a much bigger vocabulary and way more languages than i do but um anyway i'm like man that is a really cool city paris and that is a really cool country i wouldn't mind to go there I would like to go to there. <laughs> and Italy. I would love to go to Italy. Oh my gosh, yes. And Greece. I would love to, ooh, yes. Uh, I'd love to see Florence. And I would like to go to Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> Ibiza. And Ibiza. <laughs> we have French listeners. Oh, we, we, oh. we do. Um, supposedly. Somebody in France has downloaded our podcast at least once. Bonjour. Yeah, bonjour. Um, and that was very good. Thank you. That R was amazing. Merci. Traveling would be nice. You have to have money to do that. Yes, you do, and I have zero. So Paris is a city chock full of history. Do you know who else has a lot of history? Who? Us. <gasps> yes, we do. You're right. Our shared history goes back more than 20 years. Yes, How the does. hell did that happen? <laughs> Fudge if I know. <laughs> so let's share another kind of history now. Yes. Our internet search histories. What's this segment called? This is called shared history. Oh, wow. We what? are. Brill. We are so clever. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing you want to talk about? I This one is going to make you so mad. So I just want to get it out of the way. Cashew chicken, official dish of the state of Missouri. I should have waited till you were done drinking. I'm ready for this nonsense. (laughs) I'm so wheezy when I laugh because I've inhaled so many mold spores and dust. Okay. State representative, Missouri state representative, Jamie Gragg has pre-filed a bill with the Missouri House of Representatives that would make cashew chicken the official dish of the state of Missouri. For those of you that are super interested, it's House Bill 1624. Here's the pre-filed bill language. Cashew chicken is selected for and shall be known as the official dish of the state of Missouri. You guys should see Bria's face right now. It is priceless. Deep-fried cashew chicken was invented in 1963 in Springfield, Missouri by Chef David Leong. An immigrant from China, Leong sought to make his native dishes more appealing to locals. Deep-fried cashew chicken is now served in more than 70 restaurants in the Springfield area. That's the bill language. Now, according to the newsleader, this has sparked outrage from other legislators throughout the state. They argued their own regional dishes should be named as the state dish. Mr. Gregg is surprised at the attention this bill is receiving. He clarified, 
they didn't get that put in quite right because a lot of people don't know there's a difference. But yes, the bill does say Springfield-style cashew chicken. This is what I'm referring to as our state meal because it is about as Missouri as it gets. It's about as American as you can get. He goes on to say, Mr. Leong knew the taste buds of Missouri, so he created something from his heritage and made it fit our taste buds. Breaded chicken and brown-colored gravy. End quote. Mr. Gregg feels that it represents the best of Missouri. Quote, Springfield-style cashew chicken just shows the American dream. The immigrant story. Something fantastic out of adversity. The bill is meant to say, we're proud of where we're from. We're proud of where we live. And I'm not talking about Springfield. I'm talking about the state of Missouri. If passed, this bill would go into effect August 28, 2024. It has not been placed on the House calendar as of yet. <laughs> Here we go. You know who should be <laughs> outraged by this? David Leong. Well, I don't know how he would feel about this, but the citizens of Missouri who voted in these asshats... They've taken away a woman's right to decide what to do with her own body in the state. We have so many problems with our education system in the state, with our infrastructure, and this is what they're debating. Don't read through the list of pre-filed bills. My blood pressure was so high as I was reading through these pre-filed bills. Some of them are beyond ridiculous every person of voting age should read through this list i could not believe how now because this is so i knew that this one would make you mad i wanted to add one to the end that i did find that i think is really good okay representative jamie johnson is proposing that election day in november should be a state holiday thank you so that everyone has the opportunity to vote well it won't get passed. And even if it is a state holiday, not everyone will get no, it off. They because won't. Because employers get to choose what holidays true. they get to let their employees have off. But at least we're trying. I'm, I'm going to bring it down so I don't stroke out. But I'm just saying, everybody of voting age needs to read this list and see what your money is paying for. The waste of time because that's your tax dollars pay these people's salaries. Yep. So read this. Let it be motivation to you. If you are not already registered to vote, get registered to vote. If you are registered to vote, you show up every time there's an election and you vote against anybody who's currently in. And I, I don't care what letter they have behind their name. Anybody who's currently in. The Missouri legislature, who is wasting our time and money on this bullshit. Yep. Anyway, cashew chicken is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> What's your search you'd like to share? The first search I would like to share is Celebrity Deaths 2023. Oh, yes. I wanted to get this one out of the way because it's a little bit depressing. Let's hear it. Peyton and I were perusing this. And yes, that is mom goals for the rest of you <laughs> to look through <laughs> celebrity deaths with your 
13 year old. Okay, so there were lots of soap opera stars and young people, oh, 50 and younger, really, who died this year. Um, and then a lot of really, really old people, like over the age of 90. Here are the ones that hit me the hardest this year Michael Gambon, Alan Arkin, Matthew Perry. Alan Arkin was this year? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think back in January. This has been a long year. Yeah. Matthew Perry, Tina Turner. Matthew Perry. Oh, yeah, Matthew Perry. Oh, my Lord. I want you to just sit my, back. Okay, I need to just, yeah. I need you to sit back. And just <laughs> I'm going to, I'm literally going to sit back. Drink some water. Just listen. I'm just going to listen. Drink some water. Here, I'm sitting back. Okay. Okay. All I'm right. listening. I'm listening. Andre Brower. <laughs> oh. Richard Mull, who was bull on Night Court. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett. Bob Barker, Paul Rubens, Sinead O'Connor, Richard Belzer, my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I forgot he died. That Cooper Trooper always used to call my boyfriend, but he wasn't. I was in love with Sam Waterston, not Richard Belzer. <laughs> Charles Kimbrew, oh. who was Jim Dial on Murphy Brown. And Norman Lear. Oh. Other really well-known names I saw on the list were. But they didn't, like, you know, hit me in the feels. It's still sad that they died. I don't want anyone getting mad. And this is not a, um, this is a cherry-picked list from Entertainment Weekly. So it's not a definitive list. I'm sorry if I left off somebody who was really important to you. But here's some more. Raquel Welch, Cindy Williams, Shirley on Laverne and Shirley, Suzanne Summers, Dick Butkus, Steve Harwell, the Smash Mouth lead singer, oh, yeah. Julian Sands, he was an English character actor that if you saw him, you'd know him. He was in everything. Jerry Springer, Harry Belafonte, Barry Humphreys slash Dame Edna. Oh my gosh. I yep. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Lance Reddick. Tom Sizemore, David Crosby, and Lisa Marie Presley. Now also, two big-time celebs lost kids this year, which is sad. Dana Carvey's son, Dex, was 32. He died of a drug overdose. Oh, crap. Fairly recently. And Andrew Lloyd Webber's son, Nick Lloyd Webber, was 43. And he died of cancer. This list also does not include notable people who weren't celebrities. So like Henry Kissinger, people like that. <laughs> people like that. You know, um, this was just Entertainment Weekly's list that I picked from. Gotcha. And I'm sure there were people that I don't, I didn't recognize or didn't know who they were that other people would. Uh, whose death gave you the biggest gut punch of the year? So I'm really upset about Andrew Brower, Andre, Andre Brower, Brower. Uh -huh. Andrew, yes, Andre, Andre Brower, yes, I, I know, I just love him. My first exposure to him was City of Angels. Did you ever watch that with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan? Yes, I forgot he was in that though. He is an angel in that, and I love that movie. And you guys can just suck it because <laughs> people always give me crap about loving yeah, that movie, it, and it's so I love it. Yeah, it didn't get a lot of you know. No, it didn't. And the soundtrack is fantastic. Mm. 
I love that movie all around. I'm upset about that. I'm also upset about, of course, um, Michael Gambon. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another one in there in the very beginning that you said, but I can't remember who. Uh, Matthew Perry. Oh, God. yes. I'm still trying to get over that one. That is just, that was gut-wrenching to me. Yeah. I'm such a huge Friends fan. Mm-hmm. I parasocialize with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's about right. Um, yeah, I feel like this year a lot of people who were part of my childhood or early adulthood are starting to die now. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. Yeah, it's upsetting. Um, so people like, obviously, Matthew Perry, um, Jimmy Buffett. I mean, yeah. he has been the soundtrack of my family, <laughs> really, for good or for bad. Um, Paul Rubens. I mean, Pee Wee's Playhouse. I know. Paul Rubens. Uh, Richard Mall, Night Court. I mean, we watched so much Night Court. I loved that show. <laughs> um, Sinead O'Connor. Oh, my gosh. It's just kind of like... And then Andre Brower, I think he was in the very first police procedural that I ever loved. Oh, really? And that kind of got me into that genre of show. And it was, um, I can't think of the name of it, of course, but it was, they were homicide cops in Baltimore. Sean and I, well, not really Sean so much, but because Sean's been spending a lot of time away from the house um, since his dad passed away. And so I've been kind of just watching some TV on my own. And I had restarted watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my goodness, that show. Probably probably two weeks before Andre died. And so I've been, you know, reliving this show. And oh, I so funny. And he is just so good in this show. And so when he passed away... I think it hit me a little bit harder than if I hadn't been rewatching that show. Right. I love that show. Because you've seen it a lot. I have. I mean, and you've been, you've seen him a lot on the show. Yeah, yeah. It was called Homicide Life on the Street. Pulled that out of my ass. Um, Good job. It was on from 1993 to 1999, and he was in it, and he was amazing. He is an excellent actor. Um, and in fact, I always thought of him as a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really liked him on Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he's funny. He's very funny. And that was such a switch for me to see him in a role like that. Yeah. And I loved it. I love it when he always he always calls his dog Cheddar the Dog. Cheddar he never just dog. says Cheddar. It's always yeah. Cheddar the Dog. <laughs> Well, just make sure you know he's not talking about the cheese. Head of the dog. Or his money. Oh, my gosh. I love that show. Anyway, so those that was sad, but those are some of the people we lost this year. Yes. Tell us on um, the socials whose death made you the saddest, because we like to wallow in sadness yes. and melancholy. Mm. What's your next search? Fort Jefferson in Dry Tortugas National Park. All righty. A coworker of mine just spent a little over a week in the Florida Keys. Oh. So she was talking to me about it. She and her husband booked an excursion to the Dry Tortugas, which is located 70 miles west of Key West, which is where Fort Jefferson is located. I had no idea that there was a fort in the Dry Tortugas. Named after Thomas Jefferson, 
It was built to protect the southern coastline of the U.S. and the lifeline of commerce to and from the Mississippi River. It allowed the U.S. to maintain an advanced post for ships patrolling the Gulf of Mexico. In enemy hands, the Tortugas would have threatened the heavy ship traffic that passed between the Gulf Coast and the eastern seaboard. It could have also served as a potential springboard for enemy forces, enabling them to launch an attack anywhere along the Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. Construction on Fort Jefferson began in 1845 and continued for 30 years and was never fully completed nor fully armed. Worth it. Though it was never attacked, the fort fulfilled its intended role to keep the peace. I guess it was, you know, ominous enough that if anyone saw it, they're like, hmm, there's some guns there. Yeah, okay. Um, during the Civil War, Union warships used the harbor in their campaign to blockage southern shipping. It was also used as a prison mainly for Union deserters. The most famous inmate was Dr. Samuel Mudd, the physician who set the broken leg of John Wilkes Booth. Oh, his name was Mudd. His name was Mudd. After that. <laughs> <laughs> the army abandoned the fort in 1874, but it was later used as a coaling station for warships. So, as I was researching this, it felt very um, like... What's the right word? Like, there should be more information here. So this thing started to be built before the Civil War. Mm -hmm. It was never completed. It's huge. This thing is massive. So I'm going to do a little more digging on this. I feel like the information that's out there is a little whitewashed. So I feel like there's something that I am not... That people don't necessarily want to talk about. I feel like there is probably some terrible slavery stories involved here. That's probably a pretty safe guess. And yeah. so I, I'm going to do some more digging on this. I think you're probably onto something there because, especially because it's a tourist attraction now, they don't want to um, discourage people from coming to see the fort. And when they're there, they don't want to harsh people's mellow, their vacation mellow with, you know, Let's talk about some serious shit. What's your next search? Agnes Varda. Okay, let's hear. Now, mm -hmm. that was a good guess of yours the first time. Thank you. For Search Me, because she was a filmmaker who was part of the French New Wave. Oh. She's often called the godmother or the grandmother or the mother of the French New Wave. Okay. I fell into this search because of a Google Doodle. Oh, yeah. Google Doodles are sometimes the best ways to learn things because you go to search something and sometimes the Google Doodles are so cool and or like, what the heck? And so this was what happened to me. I went on Google on Wednesday to search for something boring, probably for work. <laughs> and the Doodle featured two women looking at each other. Yes. One with bobbed black hair, and then the other one with like this white mushroom top, and you know, at the top of her hair, like at her roots, and then the tips were red. And these two people were looking at each other, but their profiles were the same, so you could tell it was the same person looking at herself, okay, young and then older. And when I hovered over the doodle, it said Agnes Varda, French New Wave filmmaker. 
So Agnes Varda was a Belgian-born film director and screenwriter. I already said that she was the godmother of the French New Wave, but the fact is she was the only woman director of the movement. Hmm. And her first films actually predated the French New Wave. Oh, okay. Which is why she's sometimes called the mother or the grandmother of. Okay. Because her first two films were before the French New Wave started. And she wasn't very welcomed by other directors in the French New Wave. That's shocking. Jerks. Shocking. Um, she lived from 1928 to 2019. Oh, dang. So she was 90 when she died. She made 54 films and installation works over the seven decades of her prolific career. From her first film in 1954-55 called La Pointe Courte to... Varda Par Agnes in 2019. So the year that she died, she was still involved in filmmaking. Whoa. Whew. Um, for several decades, she was the only French auteur to identify unequivocally as a feminist. The French New Wave filmmakers used many innovative techniques, including jump cuts and actors addressing the audience directly. So breaking that wall, yes. you know. Like we, like they all do now, <laughs> to remind viewers they were watching a film, and they rejected script-based filmmaking in favor of heavy improvisation. Oh, interesting. So, less scripting, more yes anding. <laughs> uh, the films that put her on the map were Cleo from 5 to 7 in 1962, in which a pop singer spends a fretful two hours awaiting the result of a cancer examination, mm. which is really like a creepy piece of foreshadowing because she died of breast cancer oh, at the age of 90. Mm. And then Le Bonheur, 1965, about a young husband's blithely choreographed extramarital affair. Blithely choreographed. Yeah, um, I obviously totally just copied and pasted that, and I'm not quite sure what that means. That's all right. Interesting fact about her. Mm -hmm. She was one of the five mourners at Jim Morrison's funeral in Paris in 1971. Five? There were just five mourners at Jim Morrison's funeral. Do I know who Jim Morrison is? Is that the person I think it is? The lead singer of The Doors. Yeah. Yeah. Why were there only five mourners? It's a very private funeral. And it was in a very private cemetery in Paris. Huh. But they were close friends. Interesting. So Agnes Varda, look her up, watch some of her films, okay. be inspired. You sparked my interest mm -hmm. in this. My sources were masterclass.com, New York Women in Film and Television, Wikipedia, Oxford Academic Society for French Studies, wee oui, wee oui, ha, huh? New York Times Obituary of Agnes Varda, and Turner Classic Movies. You know what? Hmm. Those are really good sources. And I realized I haven't been saying my sources. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. For Cashew Chicken, I didn't. I use the House of um, Representatives website. Oh, okay. Go, and yeah, then, go for it. Go for um, it. Then the news leader. Yeah. Um, for the my Fort Jefferson, Yeah. I used um, the National Park System website. Uh-huh. And another one that I can't remember. I'm really sorry. I will use it again next week and okay. name them then. 
It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Let's talk about how camels can smell water. I was doing another crossword puzzle because I'm currently obsessed with crossword puzzles. Oh, they're so relaxing. I love them. I've always done them on paper for years and years. And then I downloaded one um, on my Kindle. Oh, no. And then that led to, I've got four different crossword puzzle games on my Kindle. (laughs) You are just getting so technological lately. Ridiculous. I know. I am just, I'm hip and mod, everybody. (laughs) So I was doing this crossword and it had an animal theme. So that's one of the games is that every crossword puzzle has a theme. Uh, This one was animals. And when I solved it, a fun fact popped up and said, camels can smell water more than 45 miles away. I was like, what? Dang. I needed to know more. What camels are actually smelling is the geosmen in the spores of streptomycetes. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. Geosmen is a type of terpene, which is a naturally occurring chemical compound found in plants and some animals. Terpenes are responsible for the aromas flavors, and colors associated with various types of vegetation. (gasps) Terpene was named, this terpene, excuse me, this terpene was named geosmen from the Greek words for earth and smell. Like camels, humans can also smell geosmen, but not as far away as camels can smell. Uh The streptomycetes produce the earthy scent that follows a rain shower. Ah, yes. The impact of raindrops hitting the ground throws the spores of the streptomycetes into the air so that we breathe them in and enjoy that fresh, earthy smell after rain. The Irish spring. (laughs) (laughs) Remember those commercials? Of course I do. (laughs) So the same thing happens in the desert. Streptomycetes are carried over long distances by desert winds, and the spores are detected by the camel's highly sensitive nose, allowing them to always know where to find water. Oh, my goodness. They have such, oh, my goodness. That's such a sensitive smeller. I know. Oh, those poor things. They can smell all the, all the feet. Oh. <laughs> They smell all the smells. Oh, they smell all the smells. <laughs> I really, I really uh, feel for camels and they're smelling all the smells. I have such a sensitive smeller. M- me too. Oh, I smell and see Sean can't. So if Sean is smelling something, he knows that it's probably about ready to knock me down. Oh, I have. A really, really, really strong smeller. I really empathize with that. Um, maybe that's why camels spit all the time. Oh. They're trying to spit out all the smells. Like patooey. I like that theory. Oh, camels. <laughs> I'm a camel expert. <laughs> now we know about scorpions in water and camels in oh, water. Oh, I am on kind of a desert theme, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. <laughs> We are, we are just pretty soon. We're just, we'll be able to call ourselves zoologists. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Well, what were your sources, Missy? Oh, my sources for that one were um, 
stand by. I didn't write them down because I was exhausted. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Animal things. Animal websites. <laughs> animal they things. Were, they were science-y websites. Okay. Um, if you mm-hmm. can tell by mm-hmm. the way I was saying words. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that crossword game I played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good source. Oh, shoot. I am just so... <laughs> You guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's life, awesome. Life is washing over my brain and it's, it ain't working out for me. It's awesome. I mean, I'm sorry that you're struggling and that it's frustrating for you, but it sure is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to get weeks and weeks and weeks of it. I mean, who needs drugs? 2024. Here comes Kara. Derpy, 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 derpy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit me with your next one. My next one is narrator of World War II from the front lines. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. This is a docu-series on Netflix. Oh. It's fairly new. Yay. And I watched it this week with Clint and Peyton. We only have one episode left. Okay. And because Clint and Peyton like wussed out on me last night. <sighs> they were like, oh, too tired to watch another episode i'm like there's one left anyway um (laughs) i didn't want to tire shame so (laughs) just let it go um the narrator has a great voice naturally and it was so familiar to me but i thought it was actor patterson joseph yeah i don't know who that is um i didn't know his name either i could just picture his face but he's a and a British actor who played in one of the most underrated and subsequently canceled network shows that I used to love, Timeless. I think I hated that show. It was, was that a, the hospital show? No, it was a time travel show. Oh, I'm thinking of Breathless. Maybe. That was a terrible show. Oh, I liked that one. Ugh. That was a PBS show. Yes, it was. Yeah. I don't know um, what Timeless is. Timeless was on NBC, I believe, um, from 2016 to 2019. Not for very long. Um, but this guy's also been in a billion shows that I watch on Acorn and BritBox and things like that. Okay. Um, but I was wrong. The narrator of World War II from the front lines is John Boyega whose filmography includes some of the new Star Wars stuff. Oh. He plays Finn in the sequel trilogy. Oh, I love Finn. (laughs) So he's narrating the show? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. And he was in The Woman King, which I really want to see. Me too. But I haven't yet, and it just kind of zoomed past me. Me too. And it's like I just missed it. Laura S. says it's excellent. Yeah, I really, really, really want to watch it. Yeah. So maybe I'll do that over the holiday. Good, good plan. Um, but he is BAFTA and Golden Globe Award winning. Anyway, he has a great voice, obviously. And um, the series World War II from the Frontlines is amazing. It makes use of enhanced archival footage and contributions from voices of all sides of the war to tell the story of the global conflict and give insights into some of the war's defining moments. So, they talk to Germans, they talk to Japanese people, they talk to American veterans, they talk to um, Italian 
um, like civilians, people who were civilians during World War II. And it's, it's incredible. It's pretty graphic because they have colorized this um, photography in this film. So you see things that, and, and obviously enhanced it, so it's more like, I mean, it's a lot clearer than old footage. So you see things that you're like, oh, crap. And it's a lot of like never before seen footage. It's stuff that was shot by um, like just not filmmakers, like just average people. Um, it's not sugar-coated. <laughs> so you hear from people who witnessed and participated in traumatic events and they don't They don't try to make apologies for it, but at the same time, they also don't make excuses for it. And like, for example, there was one pilot who his American pilot and his mission was after they burned Hamburg um, and bombed Hamburg, which was pretty much just all civilians um, to try to get Germany to bend and to give up. Um, the survivors, which I don't know how anyone survived that, just the lack of oxygen that would be in that town because everything burned. Um, the survivors, like tens of thousands of them, went to this post office depot to, to just kind of shelter up because it hadn't burned. <laughs> and um, he had the, the assignment he and some other pilots had the assignment to bomb the post office depot. And, and these were just civilians who were just sitting ducks. Oh my gosh. So it's intense. You have watched a lot of World War II stuff. Yeah. So do you feel like this one is different? You from what you've watched i mean it's very similar to like world war ii in color which is another thing that they've they've taken archival footage and enhanced and blah 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 it's i think it's a lot less apologetic okay i i feel like it's a lot more well that's apologetic is not the right word i feel like it's a a lot less sugar-coated it's okay. just very raw okay. like this is what we did. And he said, listen, it is not something to be proud of. It, it's, it was a shameful, terrible thing. We were doing exactly what we were told to do. It's just that we were considered the good guys. Mm -hmm. But the soldiers on the other side, they were doing exactly what they were mm -hmm. told to do too. And they were considered the bad guys. Yeah. But he said, but it, you're not a hero when you bomb someplace like that that's only civilians. Oh, gosh, that's giving me the chills to think about just being that person that has yeah. to do that. I mean the mental torture. Yeah. He you... said he said there were there were all of us were just sick. Oh, yeah. We were just sick. That gosh. this is what we were told to do. I, I said even... I would have been like, "Oops, I missed." <laughs> Right? No, I mean, oh. I don't, I don't fault any of them. But um, it was nice to see that some of these 
these veterans that they were really understanding of the other side of things. Hmm. Like, you know how, I don't know, I feel like in some of the World War II stuff that I've watched in the past, it's all been rah, rah, siskumba, we were the Americans, we were there to liberate, we were, you know, and it's all just about how it was justifiable and nothing we did was wrong. Right. Nothing that the allies mm-hmm. did was wrong. And I think that this is, it's really nice to see them not vilifying the people on the other side and at the same time not trying to be like, hey, we were heroes 100%. Right. It's just more honest. Well, anyone that thinks that anyway has no idea what war is all about. But and that's what we've been taught. I know. It's ridiculous, though. Yeah. So Sorry. Ooh, I started to get on my soapbox, but I'm not going to. I'm going to step back off. <laughs> Come on now. I took a deep breath, I, but I'm, I'm, it's okay. I don't, okay. good vibes only. Oh. <laughs> I already ruined that it's with the, the cashew no, chicken No, no, it's the theme for the day. We pulled it back. Okay. okay. We pulled it back. That's right. <laughs> mm, I kind of want to eat some cashew chicken. Uh, but, <laughs> um, I'm going to watch that. But it's. Like I said, it's very honest. It's very raw. So in other words, I've loved every second of it. It's been pretty amazing. But it also is like you need a palate cleanser after you watch a few episodes. Okay. It's like, okay, time to watch, um, I don't know, anything. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well. Nine-Nine. My next search, I'll tell you what's a good palate cleanser. I can't wait. Okay. What's your next search? All right. This is my last. My sources. Oh, yes, please. I didn't write my sources down here. What's my excuse, Kara? Well, Netflix is one of them. Um, IMDb was one. And um, I did, oh gosh, it was something about watch.com. Anyway, saws. My last search for today is Kansas City, the city of fountains. I saw a commercial this week this flashed up like 10 seconds long on television that said visit kansas city the city of fountains oh, I was like Lord. fountain 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 and i have heard that before i have heard city of fountains but i haven't spent enough time in kansas city to be like dang look at all the fountains <laughs> kansas city has more than 200 working fountains especially on the country club plaza oh Designs range from French-inspired traditional to modern. Talking a lot about French today. I know. Getting our French on. (laughs) Highlights include the black marble fountain in front of Union Station, the Nichols bronze horses at the entrance of the Plaza Shopping District. Horses, 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 (laughs) horses. And the fountain at the Hallmark Cards World Headquarters in Crown Center. Kansas City claims that only Rome has more fountains than they do. Oh, really? That's a big claim. It is a big claim. Now, Hmm. I do know my sources for this were um, like the Kansas City, like, you know, the city homepage, like visit Kansas City and a little bit of Wikipedia in there. Okay. My last search. Yes. Is MFM YouTube videos. Okay, yes. Finally, something a little lighter, but we're still talking about murder because (laughs) (laughs) these 
Oh our goodness. cartoon shorts that spawn off the podcast, My Favorite Murder. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. I sent you two yes, this you week. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And they don't typically talk about the murder side of My Favorite Murder or the murder cases. These are the funny things that the hosts say in between talking about the murder stories. Sometimes it's um, them reading listener emails mm-hmm. that have funny things or interesting things or their reactions to the listener emails. The two I sent you this week, mm-hmm. one was about a toxic fart that shut down a postal center in California. And another was about made up songs and musicals that a subject of one of the episodes had been cast in. And there were a ton of them. And um, Karen Kilgariff is is a comic and she is hilarious and she just kept just on the fly making up these songs based on what the name of the musical (laughs) was and these musicals had these (laughs) the musicals had these ridiculous names and so she was just going off the name of the musical and they all the songs sounded the same they were kind of (laughs) the same vein but they just you know she just (laughs) because anyway you just gotta listen to him, people. Just go. But I was literally crying and looking crazier than ever in my runny eye makeup. I had to show him to Clint some of them while we were waiting for dinner to finish in the oven. And he even said about the fart video, that video broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. It was funny. <laughs> So he doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, he does. He's not familiar with these hosts. Yeah. So it's not like you have to have some familiarity with this to find these videos funny. The way they're drawn is hilarious. Yes. The animator is Nick Terry. He is he is masterful. He catches every laugh that they do. You know, I mean, these cartoon characters are. It's exactly. What you're hearing on the podcast, which I've heard some of these episodes before, and I've heard some of these anecdotes in these episodes, mm-hmm. just listening to the podcast, and then watching them as cartoons is just, it's like the Ricky Gervais thing with Carl yes. Pilkington and what's his face? Yes. Um, Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. It reminded me, too, of oh. the Seinfeld Animations. Signimations. I, I never saw Signimations. So Signimations were on the DVDs if you bought the series. Oh. There were so many extras on those DVDs. Yeah. And they would take a scene yeah. and animate it, and it was hilarious. Yeah. And it that's what it reminded me oh of. Oh my goodness. It I was and I don't listen to that podcast either, and I was dying laughing oh my watching gosh. these. And some of the things that the animator I mean, just brilliant. Some of the things that he comes up with just based on what they're saying Mm -hmm. and how he imagines what they're saying or like sometimes like there was the one about the fart, you know, Um, Georgia, he had her because she sounded so like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to hear the story. So he gave her like a thing of popcorn. Yes, And throughout the whole cartoon short, she's just sitting there with this with this box of popcorn I mean, just stupid things like that yes. that are just so clever. They are so fun. And there's about 50 of them. Oh, my word. On YouTube that you can watch. They're anywhere from like 30 seconds to three minutes. 
So the one that got me the the most and the one I laughed at the absolute hardest and I've watched multiple times. Yes. I didn't even share this one with you because I had already told you this is the last one. <laughs> so I didn't want to keep sending them to you after I told you I wouldn't send you anymore. But it was called Karen's Pen Pal. You guys look these up. It's the exactly right YouTube channel and they are truly delightful, not just in my own sick, twisted way. Like, I think that they are universally delightful, not just, hey, Brie is a weirdo, and so she likes these. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, if you like to laugh, do it. I do like to laugh, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I do, too. But what about this one? do 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 this segment yeah we're going to quickly list our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss here we go selling a car in missouri gifting a car in missouri andre brower picture of pigs in blankets texas license plate rocco's pizza panera bread menu boxing day citizen echo drive watch works only in direct light British Bake Off past contestants. Hold Fast Brewing. Shout out to Hold Fast. Mm-hmm. How to Play King's Corner. It's a card game. What is Frangipan? Hit me with your list. Oh, okay. That's all of yours. That's okay. it. Yeah. Did you really look up Andre Brower this week? Yeah, because he died. Oh, he just died this past week. Yeah. Oh. Yep. My list of searches that did not make the cut m&m's candy bulk toasted vanilla <laughs> i'm effing addicted i knew you would and like those they're a limited edition flavor so you can't get them like in the in bulk party size or the you know the size i need i understand weren't they freaking delicious yes and everyone in my family likes them too uh you said you weren't going to share those with anyone. I did not. I bought more. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> and then I <laughs> had them taste them. <laughs> but we're going through them like literal candy. Okay. Podcast conferences 2024. Shut the front door. I love it. Just dreaming. Askinosi chocolate. Oh, yes. Exactly right media. School district calendar. Old Navy, Alamo Draft House, mm. Plangent. That's it. All right. We don't really have any listener shout outs, except we are going to continue to discuss a question that Dory asked us in her email. That's correct. And this is a fitting, wonderful week to discuss this. Totally perfect. <laughs> because we both did not so great a job with our sources. <laughs> At different times of this podcast. But Dory had asked us, just out of curiosity, why we suddenly decided to cite our sources. So I was telling Bria that after a few episodes of this, I started feeling like I should mention where I was finding this information, but I I never had. And then one week, Bria just started citing her sources. Uh And so then that was like my green light. It's like, all right, I'm going to start doing this too. Yeah. 
because I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of informational podcasts and they cite their sources. Mm-hmm. And they've explained why they do it is because, well, that's the ethical thing to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I do people, I just straight copy and paste information. Mm-hmm. I've got a life. I've got a job. Kara's got a full-time job. I'm supposed to write books. I've got kids. And copying and pasting is my friend. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel on some of this information. But we also want you to be good consumers of information yourselves. Mm -hmm. And to hear us say, hey, this is where we got our information is another kind of, I don't know, nudge to other people that, hey, you should always be paying attention to where you're getting your information. Yeah. Don't just trust one source always. Right. Uh, I check multiple sources, mm-hmm. especially if something seems a little odd. If I can get three sources that are all saying the same thing, that makes me feel better about information I'm passing along anyway. And then if you get two that are kind of not matching up, then you know that you need to keep looking and trying to find some consensus somewhere mm-hmm. so that you're not, I mean, I don't want to pass on bad information. No. As silly as this is, and it's kind of just a hobby and a lark and we don't make any money doing this. Quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> we hemorrhage money doing this. I feel this. like I'm losing money somehow. <laughs> we we are. Um, it's still kind of, I don't know. I just take that kind of thing seriously. I do too. Maybe it's the journalist in me from olden days. Well, I just want to thank Dory for her email and her feedback and her questions. It was great. It was awesome. And we're so glad that Garen, her son, is listening too. That makes me feel so good. Hi, Garen. We're getting in touch with the youths. Yeah. So, Garen, you got Riz? <laughs> maybe he's parasocializing with oh us. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. But we're not really celebrities. Speak for yourself. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's all I have this week. So. Hey, everybody. I have a question. Could you please rate and review us? <gasps> yes. Just hop on real quick subscribe oh you'll never miss a new episode email us like dory did at delete this history podcast at gmail.com and find us on social media at dth gals on the different socials and delete this history on facebook until next time i need to go delete my history i think i'm gonna do that as well i will see you next week friend all right bye bye Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is So Good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DTHGals. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Adult acne. And the need for stretchy pants. Provided by hormones. Holiday candy. And a complete lack of self-control. Mm-hmm.